And I've usually like rolled out of bed and not done a lot of grooming. So I'm mumbling with my dogs as I walk through the park. But it's New York, so I can get away with that. So I'm able to identify my annoyance. And the more I thought about it, I reminded myself that nowhere on this green earth is it decreed that Peter or anyone else has to mirror their reactions off of my reactions. So just because I was like cool with his plans changing does not mean that he has to be cool with my plans changing. That's not how emotions work. You have found the place to be. This is the Self-Love Peddler Show. I'm Sophie McCallum, your personal self-love peddler. Please leave the single narrative, airbrushed, beauty bot images you have been forced fed at the door. Here we examine our relationship with our bodies and the many shapes and nuances our bodies have. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Welcome to the journey. One of, if not the best activity in New York City, in my opinion, is to go into Central Park between the hours of 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. Because from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., there are no leash laws for the dogs. So those are the two hours if you're a dog lover. If you're not a dog lover, this probably isn't your jam. But if you go into the park, it is just littered with dogs running off leash. And it's, it's amazing how well they all get along. And there's not a lot of fighting. Because if your dog's an asshole, you don't usually take that dog to the park until after 9.30-ish. And it's really funny, too, because there's like this whole world in the park in the morning. Like if I take my dogs to the park at 9.30, if I sleep late or whatever, all the squirrels are down. Like the squirrels know not to come out of the trees until like 9.30 because they will get eaten. So anyway, that is my favorite New York City activity. And whenever I have friends in from out of town, I like to take them with me to walk the dog, my dogs. Um, and I always encourage people, even if they're not with me, to go and get there and see it. So if you're listening to this from outside of New York, get yourself to Central Park in the morning. So I was walking my dogs in Central Park one morning. And my husband is usually out at our beach house because he has an office there. And it's funny, we've been living this way for a number of years. And we kind of fell into it because it works really well for him out there. And my life is in the city and we see each other on the weekends. And I have always been very vocal about liking this setup, but he's always sort of said that he didn't like it. And we f we didn't really have a real conversation around it until recently. And for someone who, who likes communication and mindfulness, it was amazing that I had somehow missed doing this. And recently I was like, you know, we need to just talk about the fact that this is how we live instead of just stumbling into it every week. Sometimes this behavior that we repeat that serves us on a certain level that we think we shouldn't accept, it's okay to be like, look, this is how we live for right now. Like, I see you Friday night to Sunday night. Doesn't mean I don't love and adore you. And we can find the benefits and we can change it if we want to bring conscious choices to it. But let's not like pretend that we're just falling into this pattern without any control. So anyway, I digress on that. But so I'm walking my dogs in the park one day and I called Peter to check in and just have like a morning hello. And he was on a business trip. So I said, you know, how's the business trip going? And he said, it's going great. Um, I think I'm going to stay another day. 
things are going really well. And I, I was really happy for him. I congratulated him. And then I kind of circled back to, you know, the issues at hand, scheduling, stuff like that. And I said, this weekend, we have some friends coming for dinner. And I told them I wanted to do some busking in Central Park, a word I did not know until later in life. Busking, most of you may know, but if you don't, as I didn't, it's playing music on the street, usually for money. And I like to go into Central Park and play music. So I was telling him that that weekend I was hoping to stay in the city and play music in the park either on Saturday or Sunday. And I asked him if he had a preference on what day I would do this. And what he said is he couldn't really wrap his head around that right now. That's so his words, too. I can hear him saying it. I can't wrap my head around that right now because it's in work. So then I said, I'm trying really hard to communicate with you because you often tell me that I tell you things at the last minute, which I absolutely do. And I usually tell him things at the last minute that I, I think he's not going to like. So it's a double whammy and he's completely right. But I was trying to change it, right? I I didn't think he was going to like that I wanted to stay in the city and play music for like a nice reason because he wanted to spend time with me in Long Island. And I said, I, I'm trying to communicate with you so I don't tell you things at the last minute. So I'm going to just plan on playing music on Saturday and we'll work around that. And if you feel differently when you can focus, I'll change my plans. And he then said, like, all of this is different than what we had discussed. And you're changing things. And I just need some time to think it through. And for whatever reason, which we'll go into, I was, like, very annoyed by his reaction. And I kind of just ended the call abruptly and probably not as lovingly as I'd like to tell myself that I did. I am thrilled to introduce you to my newest course, Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. Your love centers are the main areas in your life that you put your energy into. Our goal together is to encompass these centers with conscious, compassionate self-love so that this boundless and self-expanding love can grow into the life we have always known we were meant to live. Someone once asked me, what are you waiting for? This one question sparked a light in my soul. At the time, I was living unconsciously, without intention, without awareness, without love or balance. Bringing conscious, compassionate self-love to our love centers allows us to identify where we are placing our energy and where we need or want fulfillment. Now I ask you, what are you waiting for? Join me. Join me inside of Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. So I started walking and... I started to think about why I was annoyed because it's been my experience that when I am not at ease in a state of dis-ease, if you will, like annoyance, there is usually an opportunity there, an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to learn. I used to fight endlessly to hold on to anger and to be right. It was a cage for me. When I was angry, it would take me weeks to release it. But through self-love and the work I've done and the work I am so lucky to share with others, I can pause. I can recognize that I'm uncomfortable. I can take a step back and have a really honest, not scary, fearful, not fearful rather, look at why I'm feeling dis-ease. So yeah, I made it I made changes to our weekend plans because I'm I'm human and I'm allowed to do that. But I also threw him for a loop. And I knew that I was doing that. 
But he threw me for a loop by saying he was going to stay on his business trip another day. And I didn't say, like, wait, you're changing things. I can't process this. I just, like, rolled with it. And I was, I congratulated him. I was like, I'm so glad your trip is going well. Keep at it. So my unloving and unaware instincts, like my anger instincts, led me to this conclusion that, like, I'm a fucking saint because I'm congratulating him on his work and letting him live his life. And he's just an asshole because he can't focus on what I want and tell me that what I'm doing is great and go for it. So I'm starting to build up a resentment over this. And when I think it through, you know, I know resentments. No one's benefiting from a resentment. Again, it's like a a loveless, it's a toxic placeholder for emotions. And if you don't think through them, you just stay in that cage, in that toxic, angry cage. And you can only get out of it through self-reflection and sometimes communication. Sometimes you can you can process this stuff yourself. The more you you work in this space, the better you get at it. And sometimes you don't need to communicate. Sometimes it's better to wait. Wait standing for why am I talking? Like just wait, pause. So I was able to identify that I was annoyed. I was annoyed and diseased that he wasn't like as mellow and unfazed as I was by his change of plans. So as I continued to think, and I'm definitely like audibly mumbling and processing my feelings in Central Park. So I'm walking with my dogs, but people are taking like a wide girth around like the insane blonde lady. And I've usually like rolled out of bed and not done a lot of grooming. So I'm mumbling with my dogs as I walk through the park. But it's New York, so I can get away with that. So I'm able to identify my annoyance. And the more I thought about it, I reminded myself that nowhere on this green earth is it decreed that Peter or anyone else has to mirror their reactions off of my reactions. So just because I was like cool with his plans changing does not mean that he has to be cool with my plans changing. That's not how emotions work. Also, Peter may have been so focused on his business trip that he couldn't process change in that moment. And if we go back to the conversation, I believe he actually said that to me very clearly and very kindly. Perhaps Peter's brain works differently than mine and processes change differently than mine. Also, a fact I know to be true. We are different humans. Our emotions, our reactions will be different. Expecting people to show up the way you show up is not reasonable. You know, one image you can give yourself is like, imagine when you go to a, I love going to parties where two people are wearing the same thing. For some reason, it blows my mind. I'm happy to be one of them. But of all the choices in the world, we wore the same thing. But it's not generally considered a great thing because people want to have like their identity and their differences. But, you know, so if you can look at it that way that, you know, what are the chances that everyone's going to show up wearing the same clothes? Well, about as likely as the chances of everyone showing up with the same opinion. Like we're all different. And and lastly, Peter has proven on many occasions that he supports and he respects my interests. And he too is happy for me to progress as I am happy for him to progress. But without self-love, which leads me to self-knowledge, I would have stayed in that state of resentment. I would have stayed in that state of dis-ease and fear. I would not have taken an honest look at 
what my part may be. And my part in this was just where my mind went instinctually. You know, I managed, I hung up the phone and I didn't get into it. If he ever listens to this podcast, he's going to be like, oh my God, all of this happened. I had no idea. <laughs> like it's all in my head. All the more reason to get it out, right? All the more reason, even if you're just talking it out with yourself, even if you look like an insane person in the park, find a way to work through this stuff. Find yourself, love peddler coach. Find a friend, find a journal, find something that works for you to process this stuff. I had for many years a fear of being wrong in these situations because I had to always be right. Because I, you know, I, I had to be perfect on the outside and on the inside, didn't feel that way, but still that, that like need to project perfection kept me away of being comfortable with being wrong. But today I cherish my ability to reflect. It alleviates the disease. It alleviates the unfounded resentment. It alleviates potential like soul draining arguments. I've always heard people say, you know, if you have a partner, don't ever go to bed angry. And I remember hearing that and being like, what the fuck are you talking about? If I'm angry, I'm going to be angry as long as I need to be angry. Once I'm angry, I am in that cage. I am in there and there is no escaping. So for me, it's not don't go to bed angry. For me, it's don't get angry because I know anger for me is a big trigger that takes me away from my self-awareness, away from my self-knowledge, and away from my self-love. So the second I started to feel that disease after the conversation with someone who I love, I had to stop and look. I'm okay with being wrong now. It's a huge part of loving yourself because loving yourself is not about loving all the best parts of yourself. You can do that too, but it's about loving all of the parts of yourself. And it's often the parts that need the most work that also need the most love. So we can absolutely have expectations on the people in our lives. But if we want to have peace, those expectations have to be thoughtful, reasonable, love-based, and that shit has to be communicated. That is not a why am I talking situation. If you have expectations of the people in your lives, in your life, you have to communicate them. And you have to be prepared to process their response. And you don't get to write what their response is. So today I am a lover. I am not a fighter. But for years, my instincts were to fight. I was in that cage of anger. And self-love has really changed that. When you love yourself and become aware of how you respond and feel to varying emotions, you get to go through life like honoring who you want to be. And when you blame others, I heard a wonderful quote once, when you blame others, you give up your power to change. So the best part of this whole story, if we can go back to the beginning and I'm walking in the park and it's a beautiful day in the summer with the dogs and life is good and, I'm, and Central Park is my happy place and I called Peter to check in and was telling him about our guests who were coming and what I was going to do in the park. And the best part is our dinner guests got sick, the dinner got canceled, and it poured with rain all weekend. So there was no busking to be had. So we plan. God laughs, but I think it's a loving laugh. If you are craving to go deeper on your self-love and body love journey, please join me inside my private Facebook group, The Self-Love Shack. 
We meet once a week to continue our discussions and go deeper. You can also check out my self-love courses and coaching options at selflovepeddler.com. Follow the link in the show description for more details. I leave you with this. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Sending you peace.